This podcast is brought to you by Prime Sport, official travel partner of the Seahawks. I'll be traveling with Prime Sport to New Orleans this year to watch the Hawks play Drew Brees and the Saints. You can come too. Just use discount code HAWK10 and get 10% off a travel package including airfare, game tickets, hotel, and a pregame party. Hope to see you there. All right, here we go. Uh, week six of the weekly Softy Hawk Blogger podcast. Feels like week 20, by the way, with the way things are going on this Fakakta podcast all year long. But we hope you enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, it's free. So stop whining. But uh, th- this doesn't happen without the help of our buddy from hawkblogger.com, uh, Hawk Blogger himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Nemhauser. How are you, pal? I'm doing well, Softy. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm ready for Sunday. It's a good weekend. The uh, the Huskies have a bye, so I can focus all my attention as a football fan on the Hawks and Birds on Sunday afternoon. Let me ask you, we were having the debate in the sports pit and on the air today about whether or not this is a, uh, a must-win game for your Seattle Seahawks. Uh, what's your take on that? No. No. It's, that's silly. It's not It's not must-win. Yeah. I said the same thing, by the way, but go ahead and add your two cents. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think the Falcons are uh, looking like a really good team, and I think um, it obviously would be a, a big hit um, to the to the team. But the Seahawks are in far better shape now than they've been the past two seasons at this point. Um, you know, we we saw them below 500 midway through the season last season, and they found their stride. So, you know, going to three and two here um, would not be the end of the world um, against a quality opponent. But uh, you know, it would it would certainly be disappointing. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I think that, you know, what a lot of people say when they talk about this game being a must win, they say, well, look who you have next weekend. You got the Cardinals in Arizona. And my response to that is, so what? Okay. I mean, the Hawks have won there three years in a row. I know I'm putting the cart in front of the horse here, but do you know what Russell Wilson's passer rating is the last three years in that stadium in Arizona? I would guess it's in the 130s or 120s. 122.8 with eight touchdowns and zero picks. So yeah. I, I think it's time that we stop being concerned about the Arizona Cardinals, whether it's in their stadium or the clink, but whatever. But this game on Sunday with Atlanta, uh, I told this to Nate Burleson, man, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. I'm I'm almost more concerned. As a matter of fact, I am more concerned about the idea of Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman uh, having a big day through the air from the backfield than I am at all about Julio Jones. I think that's I think that's right, and the reason is uh, we've seen it before, where um, because of the way the CX play defense, they make sure to not allow big plays. Right? They always are trying to stay on top. They talk about that a lot, and what that means is if you've got players like Jones and you know even Sanu to some extent that can kind of push the defense back. Um, it leaves underneath, and we've seen that from Benny Cunningham and you know uh, Bilal Powell even last week. You know those are the kind of guys that can do some damage because the team has to then rally to, to to you know tackle them, and they're good at it. But you know there's, we've seen a lot of teams. Philip Rivers, you know, really showed how to do that a few years ago. And so when you've got two running backs that are really good out of the backfield, you've got a quarterback that's willing to take advantage of that um, and, and doesn't get stubborn about trying to push down the field all the time. Yeah, that is absolutely uh, something to be concerned about. And, and Julio Jones, by the way, he's only played one game where Richard Sherman was in the game as well, and, and that was in the playoffs, and right. he only had 59 yards. So right. it, I don't know that we know that, that he's going to be – you know, the big threat in this game. Well, and there's also this big factoid going around this week that, well, Pete Carroll has lost three out of four to Atlanta. Okay, first of all, the first two games were in 2010, 2011 when the Hawks stunk. The third loss was that playoff game, which the Hawks were leading on the road with 31 seconds to go. And the last time they played them down there with this current version.
version of Seahawks football. They pasted him in Atlanta two years ago, so I'm wow. not concerned about that. But I just think that for a game like this, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong and your your uh, your thoughts on this, that it's going to start with that defensive line up front. I mean, guys like Ruben uh, getting Reed back would be gigantic. Hopefully, Frank Clark is okay. He can play on Sunday. Bennett Averill, uh, if I could bless the Seahawks defense with one phenomenal performance in this game on Sunday, I think I'd pick that front four first before anything. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I, I personally, I go with the linebackers. Okay. I, I think I think because of what you mentioned with the running back, yeah, um, you're going to have Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright stressed. Like they're going to be stressed to 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 push the Atlanta's going to try to push them back, and they'll have to get deep drops to to take care of that. And then they're going to have to rally forward to take care of the underneath passes to um, those running backs. So I think the the linebackers have to be their best. And you know what? That's not bad news because they've been two of the best linebackers in yep. football yep. Uh, so far this year. Yeah, but we're both going front seven because of all yep. the confidence we have in that secondary. And I'm just trying to rack my brain thinking about days where a big-time wide receiver came to town and really kind of lived up to the hype and, and torched the Seahawks. It just feels like the Hawks have a really good plan for those guys, and they execute it really well. And they got a great history of shutting down those guys. I'm trying to remember, even going back to the Lions like four years ago, uh, it wasn't Calvin Johnson torching them. It was somebody else, uh, you know, Des Bryant has had a couple of you know bad days against the Seahawks in the last couple of years, so it, it it just feels like that that idea of 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 taking a Julio Jones out of the game that 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 that's what Pete Carroll lives for for things like that. I think it definitely depends on the player. I think in most cases you're right, but there's I mean Brandon Marshall is a perfect example. Even back in Chicago, he gave the Seahawks fits, and he had a decent game last week. Even though, yes, you know Sherman did what he does and came out on top. There are certain receivers that that are harder for the Seahawks to match up with, and I think Julio Jones is a tough matchup for them. I think he's got the lateral quickness; he can run all the routes. He's not just a big guy that can catch. You know, Des Bryant to me is is more of a guy that I think the Seahawks are perfectly set up to stop. Um, but but Julio Jones, I mean, he's a, he's if not the best receiver in football, he's right up yeah. there, and so. Yeah. He very well might get some yards, and that's not the issue to me. The issue is much more, um, you know, how is this team going to perform on first down? I think one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Dave, I did some research, and uh, a couple of things that you would be probably surprised to know. So, first of all, um, the, the the Falcons average almost nine yards on first down. Wow. So, really? Yeah. 8.6 yards per play on first down. They get a first down on first down 32% of the time. Mm. And you're talking about Matt Ryan. If you look at passing yards on first down in the league, Matt Ryan has 904 passing yards on first down this year. The next closest player has 690. Mm. You know, it's a huge difference. Devonta Freeman is the second leading rusher on first down. These guys are lethal on first downs. And in fact, you take it the next step, the first play, the first first down of a drive, Yeah, if they get more than three yards on that first play, 45% of the time, that drive results in a touchdown. Mm. If they get three yards or less, 47% of the times they punt. So I think, you know, Seahawks are the second best first down defense in football. Um, I think the Falcons really have not played a 
terrific run defense so far this year. I think that, you know, the game that they lost, they had very few rushing yards against Tampa Bay. Yeah. I think that is going to be a key part of how this game plays out. Well, and the other part of it is, uh, and you mentioned it kind of right there, they, they put up 35 on the Raiders. That's the 32nd best defense in the NFL. They put up 45 on the Saints. That's the 31st best defense in the NFL. They did put up 48 against Carolina at number 12, but that was kind of a weird day because with Cam in there, the offense was doing nothing. And then 23 on Denver at number 6 in the NFL. Heck, if you told me right now the Falcons scored 23 points on Sunday, I'll take that right now. Yeah, I I think, look, if you really want to flip this around, where there's a a real advantage to be gained is the Seahawks' offense against the Falcons' defense. No question. The the Seahawks' defense and Falcons' offense, that's going to be a battle of titans. It's going to be awesome. I think the Falcons are going to get some. I think the Seahawks are going to get them more. I think we've seen that time and again when there's a great defense, a dominant defense against a great offense. More times than not, it's the defense that holds down the offense. Um, so I think we'll see that. And then Seahawks offense, I think the magic number in this game, you know, 25, 28, you know, something like that. Yep. You know, if they score in the, the mid to upper 20s, um, and I think there's a real shot that they could be scoring in the 30s against this defense. Yeah, I, I really just would like to see them continue what they did against the Niners and against the Jets through the air. It's the 22nd ranked passing defense in the NFL. They're a little bit better against the run, but they are horrific against the pass. And I just think that, hey, look, man, I mean, Russell Wilson took a big step on the one leg with the Jets two weeks ago. If everything that he's saying is correct, that he feels a thousand times better now than he did two weeks ago, then we should see, I think, when you factor in the defense they're playing Sunday, the best Russell Wilson's been so far this year on Sunday. Yeah, and that that would be an absolute certainty, I think, if not for what we're going to talk about with the weather. I mean, that is absolutely going to be a factor in, in this game. You know, if it's, if it's raining... Uh, that's one thing. If it's raining and it's windy, yeah, um, it's. I think that's advantage Seattle. No doubt, um, no doubt. But, but I think that's going to be really changing the game. And if it ends up being a, you know, first team to twenty kind of game. Um, you know, then I think it's a little bit more up in the air about about how it plays out. But I think that is advantage Seattle. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what we saw in that Saint playoff game three years ago. Was it 2013 when the mm-hmm. weather was crazy in Seattle and the weather and the defense really did a great job and in, in shutting down Drew Brees? And I mean, I I just feel like as a Seahawks fan, we've gotten past the point of ever being concerned about this defense. I mean, obviously you're going to give up points when you play the top scoring offenses in the NFL, but I don't know, man. It, it just seems like when the number one defense and the number one offense get together the number one defense usually has the advantage now you're throwing in the weather factor the idea that you're playing the game at home uh i i think a lot of factors are slated towards the hawks getting out of here with a win this weekend pal yeah and and i think one of the one of the really strong factors in favor of the seahawks jimmy graham Mm -hmm. um the falcons are i think the 23rd um best team uh, in defending the tight end uh, four of the five tight ends that have faced them so far this year have scored touchdowns. Wow! Um, you know, and they've had trouble with their linebackers um, who have been hel- haven't been healthy, and some of them are coming back. Um, but I think that's a huge advantage for the Seahawks. Uh, I think he's got a great chance if he does it, get a hundred yards again. He'll be the first Seahawk to ever get three straight games with a hundred yards receiving. Yeah, well, he's already the first to do it in two games in a row, right? Uh, no, there's been a number of uh, Seahawks that have gotten back-to-back 100-yard games. You sure about that? I am. I thought I heard otherwise on the broadcast last uh, two weeks ago. I don't know. 
No, who, that, that, who are the other just, tight ends that did oh, uh, other tight ends? Yeah, I'm saying there's been other players. Well, of course, other players. But did yeah. I did I not hear right that Jimmy Graham is the first Seahawk tight end ever to have 100 yards in back to back games? Uh, that might be true. Which I is crazy, right? I mean, that's nuts. I mean, 40 plus years of football, and you've never had a tight end go for 100 yards in back to back games. So I mean, it that, is. That's that's insane. So obviously, if he's the first to do two, he'll be the first to do three. But he he looks like he's turning into a great weapon for this offense. And I love the fact that Russell Wilson, we talked about this last week, Brian, the fact that Russell Wilson is just trusting him. Doesn't matter if he's covered, put the ball up there and let the guy go get it. And there, I absolutely, I thought in that jet game was a big step in that direction. Yeah, I'm having fun. I mean, there was definitely a number of moments in, in that game where, you know, you could just see Jimmy Graham wasn't just celebrating making the play. He was celebrating that he was part of this offense now. He's part of this team and that Russell was taking advantage of his presence. And, you know, you and I talked about this even last week. I've been hard on Daryl Bevel um, early in this season. I thought he called a fantastic game uh, against the Jets two weeks ago. And uh, they're starting to do more things uh, to, to really give defenses trouble. The way that they're motioning people around, the way, you know, when Jimmy Graham got that 20-yard pass up the seam, when they're motioning Doug Baldwin out for what looked like a, a, their normal wide receiver swing pass, yeah. um, they've got a lot more of those kinds of things they can do. And um, I did confirm, just for your, your sake, uh, he would be, he already is the first tight end right. to get two straight right. games. There's never been a Seahawks player, period, receiver or tight end to get three straight games with 100 yards. Wow. All those great wide receivers, nobody's ever done it. No, Mike Williams, DJ Hackett, Daryl Jackson, Joey Galloway, Steve Largent, Sam McCollum are the only Seahawks mm. receivers to ever have back-to-back 100-yard games. Well, and this feels like a good week to get it done because there's going to be a lot of attention paid to Russell Wilson's legs getting healthy again. Dan Quinn was on the radio show yesterday and talked about that, that this should be, let's face it, outside of the first half of week one, uh, the healthiest Russell Wilson's been all year long. And I just, I'm kind of drooling, to be honest with you, uh, to think about the prospects of Russell Wilson, the pocket passer, and then being able to complement that with the escapability, which he did not have in New York when he was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, he. <laughs> I, I picked him to be my MVP this year before the season started and before he got this injury. I, I, I still think this guy has the potential to be the best player in football this year, and um, I really hope that he's, he's continuing to get healthier and he's going to be ready. Um, but look, I mean, what I'm just itching for, Dave, is this should be a fantastic game. I think this is one of those games, and I'm not saying fantastic and that it's going to be close. Yeah. It might be. But um, if the weather permits, I think that this is going to be a situation where you're going to see an offense in the Falcons that is, if not the best in the NFL, one of the best in the NFL. And I don't think they're going to put up as many points as they like to put up. I think the Seahawks defense is going to make a statement. And I think you're going to see a Seahawks offense that is just going to move the ball up and down the field. I think Mm. you're going to see the running game come to life. This is the game. Even though the Falcons have a porous secondary, I think you're going to see the Seahawks really try to establish the run, and I think they're ready to do it. Um, and I think you can see 30, 35 points come up for this team, yeah, and, yeah. and it would be a, just a, a hallmark win. Well, if they can if they can get the run game going, then look out, because the pass game is going to be just fine. I think the pass game is going to get better as the year goes by for as great as they were with the Jets. I think they can do even more. But if they can find a run game, which they still haven't really found it consistently yet for a lot of reasons, either A, not going to it more, which could be 
a bigger factor or B, not having the guy. I know you're high on Kristen Michael. You love the guy. You got like 19 different wagers out there with the guy going right now. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold yet on Kristen Michael, but I certainly can see that he is looking like a better answer than maybe some people thought he was going to be. Yeah, and and you're right. I I thought he even played well in the Jets game. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when given the opportunity, um, I thought he ran well. I thought he had some sneaky good runs. Um, I think that is one of the best run defenses in football. I mean, they they are a fantastic front four, and and their strength is is against defending the run. Um, and I thought in the second half they started to unlock it a little bit. So I'm really excited to see what you know two weeks of practice does for Jermaine Effetti. I'm excited to see what Tyler Lockett. I'm really. I think that's one that honestly just hasn't been talked about enough. He has been playing with, you know, a damaged knee um, that's really made him limited and pretty much a non-factor. He's a huge part of this offense. And so, you know, I'm really hoping that he's back. I'm hoping to see a little bit more C.J. Spiller. I mean, I think that guy is another player that can play a role. And it'll be interesting to see. I'm guessing Nick Vanette's not going to be active this week just mm-hmm. because it's the first time back. But that's another guy that, that they could start to work in. And, and Tom Cable certainly has had his name on, on his lips uh, in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, injury report as of right now for the Seahawks. Uh, Frank Clark and Cam Chancellor both questionable for the game what? on Sunday. What happened to Cam? Uh, let's see. I feel like I can look it up here. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Today is Friday. Uh, I'm not seeing the reason. I'm just seeing tweets. Oh, Cam's got a groin and Frank's got a hammy. So that's big. Those guys got to be out there on Sunday, pal. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, either one of those guys missing the game would be a big deal. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Clark, they've got some other options. Um, but, but yeah, it would be disappointing. It definitely would be if those guys couldn't go. Let's hope that that, that, uh, that works yeah. out all right. All right, buddy. Great stuff. And uh, we'll talk next week before the Cardinal game. Appreciate it, pal. All right, thanks, Softy. You bet. Brian Nemhauser, hawkblogger.com, uh, at hawkblogger on Twitter, with some great stuff there on the Seahawks. Uh, we're back next week for our weekly podcast. Hope you enjoyed that uh, right here from the KJR Studios. Take care.